0: Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Craig Richardville, Chief Information and Digital Officer for SCL Health. In this segment, Richardville talks about the potential that startups have to plug some of the holes that exist within healthcare, what his team is doing to ensure SCL operates as a healthcare system, not a holding company, and why he believes successful crisis leadership is more of an art than a science. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR. Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare see your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more.
1: Now, what about in terms of uh, startups? Because I know that you've always kind of had an interest in in that and in how uh, healthcare organizations can work with them. And what kind of impact have you seen there?
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, from my standpoint, there were a few that came to the table that we saw that were very nimble and were able to very quickly stand up a product or a service to help us during the crunch time. And I think startups longer term, I think there's probably a few that maybe didn't make it through. I really don't know, but I actually had a great call today with a local company called Bation Ventures and they solicited uh, other partners to come in and they do like 30 minute pitches for a few of us. And you're starting to see that they truly understand not only what happened in the last couple of months, because they're not trying to solve for yesterday's problems, but they're trying to solve for the prevention or the understanding or the ease, if any of that happens in the future, but also you start seeing them talking about what that new future might look like. And many of them were playing in that newer space, whether it was data side with artificial intelligence and machine learning and chatbots and RPA. On the consumer side how to keep engaged how to have a 360 view of your patients your consumers and also your employees and be able to truly understand or help us be better positioned for what tomorrow might look like and so for me i was just terribly impressed today seeing some of these companies pivot very quickly from where maybe they were heading things or at least the story or the tagline or the use case trying to solve to what the use case is today and will be tomorrow as the industry kind of shifted. So it's, it's very interesting. I think they're going to have a huge play for us. I think we'll still have in my mind the, the handful of very large partners that we've already selected and have in place and continue to mature those relationships. And then they will handle some of the problems for the new, but I think these startups are going to very quickly plug some of those holes and or accelerate some of that work quicker. And I think for me, that's gonna be a part of what would separate us from others is by having some of these newer thinking, these thought leaders who have done this work already in non healthcare industries coming into healthcare mm-hmm. to help us. I don't think any one of the companies that I talked to today, and again, there were a handful, none of them were healthcare specific, Healthcare was just a new use case for them using a lot Mm -hmm. of previous things they've done in other industries and bringing it along. So very nice and neat to see that happening.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. And obviously there are a lot of challenges that are specific to healthcare, but since so many industries, every industry has been hit by this, I would think that now is as good a time as ever to be in touch with leaders from other industries. And I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, synergies that could happen there.
2: Yeah, there certainly are. There certainly are. And we will steal every good idea.
1: Yeah, you have to. So now when you were talking about some of the the work being done in uh, analytics and how this is an ongoing project to really continue to clean up that data and, and make sure you don't go backwards. And I would think that that's really challenging because everything was going so fast for a while. So how do you keep on that track without burning out too fast?
2: Yeah, that's a great point. And actually, there's a lot of things that came out out of COVID that we'll have to determine as a company which ones of those were temporary and will need to be sunset and were only engaged and involved as part of the crisis. And which mm-hmm. ones of those are really the good and best practices moving forward that we want to continue to harden? And then where's the opportunities that maybe we missed that we need to start kind of migrating and moving ourselves toward? we already have, as I mentioned before, all of our programs set up. So those lessons and our relationships with Mm -hmm. internal customers and an understanding of the external forces that are out there and the the external customers or consumers as well, is to make sure that we start to operate more as a system. If you go back several years, we were two health systems that came together. And we're now creating a, a new health system with new thought leadership in the last couple of years of how do we act as a operating company as a healthcare system versus a holding company. So a lot of changes we've already made under the, uh, the leadership of our CEO and the governance of our board. This accelerated some of that work. It identified places where we have holes. And so we'll change the processes at each of those different areas in order to make sure that we're standardized going all the way across. And only have variation that's justified or needed, whether it's a specific type of service or maybe a component of a certain population that might have different demographics, different social determinants, just a different environment, that we would be able to uh, manage some of those, some of that variability as appropriate, but also all things that are not, develop that best practice and standardize it going across. The fortunate part for us, we're putting in a new ERP system. So for several of our internal customers, human resources, finance, materials, we've got a whole new thought process of how we want to mature when that system goes mm-hmm. in place at the beginning of next year. We delayed our yeah. refuel, fuel for example, a few months. Now we actually know more to go into it during the assessment and the work and the prioritize what can have the biggest bang for us, buck It's going to be different of how we go through that process than what we would have you know, three months ago. So all these different things yeah. for us, we're fortunate to be in a, in a very progressive and modern organization that really wants to learn from what's happening out there and then apply it within the health system. And, and uh, we'll do a great job of that.
1: Yeah. And uh, I hesitate to use this word because it's over, <laughs> overused, but that's what being agile, like that's really the principle of it being able to make the changes that you need to in a uh, short amount of time. Yeah.
2: I think I like can hit the nail on the head. It's, you have to be flexible. It's almost like a chameleon. I mean, there's a component of things that will stay. So the internal organs of a chameleon will not change, but the outside aspects, the things that makes it different of how it gets through certain parts of you know its travels, that's what we got to be very agile with knowing what the core values and the core processes, our foundations won't change, but all the things that surround it uh, have the opportunity then to change and should change, you know, as our mm. external forces uh, change us, so.
1: Right, so was this part of the strategy when you talked about that the new structure for digital services, as you said, being able to make, make changes as you go along?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, when I look at the whole new way that we're going to be operating in the digital environment, there's great economies and efficiencies to create a much better experience that you can deliver. And it moves you to provide very similar, if not the same, service levels in a 724 environment because the digital workforce that we're creating, that digital engagement that we're creating, uh, doesn't go to sleep. It's up and working 724, and so whatever the customer needs or the patient needs or the provider needs, we'll have that service and that product available, whether it's 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. It'll be the same services going all the way across, similar to if you wanted to transfer money in a financial services sector or you wanted to purchase something from Amazon or any other online environment, uh, you can do it anytime you want. You are the actual destination. And that's what the digital things for us, the patient and our consumers become the destination in many cases for that service.
1: Yeah, it seems like that's going to be really such a compelling aspect of this is what we're seeing with, with the patient experience, the consumers, and how that was pretty much forced to change overnight. It's, going to be um, interesting to see what happens going forward.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, I thought going into COVID, we were having some of the funnest times within my career because we really are making dramatic changes and very measurable impacts to the organization, to our communities, to our patients, to our providers. Part of what the COVID crisis is doing for us is magnifying the impact and accelerating the work. So it's, mm. it's pretty exciting that we're gonna to continue to be able to see iterations of changes and movements over you know, certain much smaller intervals. So more 30-day work plans, 90-day work plans versus what are you gonna do next year or in the next three years? Yeah, you know These things are becoming very agile. We're stripping out all the non-valued pieces so we can turn these things much quicker and get them out to our patients' hands, our providers' hands, and our customers' hands. So and as the environment shifts, then that 30-day plan, that 90-day plan, you can easily, more easily pivot that in a different direction because you don't have all that other foothold in place that's keeping you from turning. So it becomes a, a very fun, very dynamic environment. And, uh, and again, I think it's, uh, it's one of those things that our customers not only expect, but will demand.
1: Right. Yes. Maybe those three to five year or 10 year strategic plans are kind of going to go by the wayside.
2: Yeah. I think you got to have guidelines, you know, certain boundaries to possibly understand. But, you know, if you go back to today, you know, nobody can predict what next month's going to look like. You know, if you go back two months, who would have predicted that we would be looking like how we are across the country, across the globe? How could you have predicted that? You know, Nobody really could. But now this is the situation that we're in. So that what tomorrow looks like, a week looks like, as all these things continue to change, and it's not really, in my mind, just COVID. It's things that are COVID-like. So anything that would be a huge crisis in the future or a huge opportunity in the future, those are all things that we've got to be paired, to engage, and to take advantage of when they happen. And it'd be part of the solution versus uh, struggling to even understand what the problem is. So this type Mm -hmm. of things that we're learning is really good for us. I mean, uh, somebody just recently just shared some of the things that happened if you were born in the 1900s through 1975, so 75 years, the different wars, the depression, but all the different things that happened in those 75 years of the turn of the century last year those were all long, you know, four-year wars, millions of people dying, Spanish flu. Those were all things that were huge impacts, and you wonder how anybody survived that. Then we have this, but we had other ones in the past, and we'll have more in the future. I think this kind of woke us up for this generation of people that this is the new norm, is to be ready, to be prepared, to maneuver, and to manage during difficult times. that's going to be part of our norm moving forward. Those things shouldn't stun us, as how this has stunned a lot of us. We'll be much better prepared for any crisis that occurs as a country and as an industry, and also, uh, obviously, as, as our healthcare system continues to evolve.
1: Yeah. Even as organizations prepare for a surge, possible surge, in the fall, I think, as you alluded to, there's going to be dramatic changes in how they prepare
2: Yes, that's right. You, you need to be prepared for it before it happens. Yeah. And I'll say also, that, you know, the leadership that we have here from our CEO and our board all the way down, the calm, coolness, collectiveness, how we methodically made decisions and implemented those decisions, understanding patients and associates and providers and communities. It goes without saying that is an art. And not as much of a science of how you collectively manage through this and keep the anxiety levels, the uncertainty levels, uh, all those pieces that can create a firestorm down to be able to very thoughtfully work yourself through this. Thanks a lot.
1: Oh yeah, sure. And as people have started to to work in such different ways I mean, I would imagine that you can't lead the same way that leaders have to be willing to change the way they're used to doing things too, you know, whether it's communicating more or just checking in on people, but all of that is, is so important in, in keeping people calm.
2: Yes. Yeah. It really helps okay. you kind of move a lot of the distractions and concerns that surround you that allow you then to do your job, you know, and do it well.
1: Okay. Yeah, I know we touched on a lot of uh, really important stuff. So thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, Kate, I hope it's uh, hope it's helpful. And um, you know, if I can ever be of assistance in the future or anybody on my team, you know, holler out and uh, we'll always we'll always respond to it. you. Guys have been a a great partner, a great media partner.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.